first in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Well, good afternoon. I'm Karen Cataline, and it's so good, good, it's good to have you with us here on Spouting Off. We do this every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time live on our flagship station for those two days, 1590 AM, WSMN, and 95.3 FM. We also at 1 p.m. Eastern, and uh, soon to be expanding that. And I'll have announcements uh, about that in the weeks to come. So I love listening to the news before I'm ready to get on the air. (laughs) It is so much fun to listen. So from the sublime to the ridiculous, we have... uh, they are with everything that's going on, the fake news. I hate calling it that because that's what the left calls it. I mean, we, we kind of commandeered the term or at least, uh, um, uh, Donald Trump did. Sorry. I was looking for a note that I could not find. Um, and, and so people are taking Burger King to court, because the Whoppers aren't big enough. Now, that doesn't mean we can't walk and chew gum at the same time, but it's uh, utterly fascinating to me that it is so, uh, this is what, what truly fascinates us. It is what uh, interests people the most, just like the slap heard around the world, which I commented on too, uh, for sure. Uh, but sometimes there are things that we can relate to that we get all bent out of shape about like the size of the whoppers. I mean, we're headed towards, you know, $5 gas and California, it's $7 gas, but, uh, we're going to sue because the whoppers aren't big enough. You know what? Don't go there. If you don't like the whoppers, make your own hamburger if you can afford it anyway. Another thing that I was thinking about that I'm going to try this idea out on you, you know, uh, you probably know that I write at least one, often two or three blog posts or articles over there at my website, KarenCataline.com. You're welcome to email me if you're too shy to come on the air. And if you're not too shy to come on the air and you're listening at 1 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday or Thursday, you can call 603-816-1590. But Here's my question to you. As again, as I was waiting to come on the air, I thought, you know, all the things that I have to talk about, and here's an idea for a new piece that I can write about. And I'd love to get your thoughts if you care to call me up and let me know. Okay, so here's the preamble. You know how women, they always preamble. They preamble the topic before they tell you what the topic is going to be about, and then they tell you what the topic is. (laughs) All right, so here it is. We, or namely I, am always analyzing what makes leftists tick, what makes wannabe dictators tick. Uh, Why do they think they can tell their fellow adult citizens how to live, what to do, how to think, what is acceptable, what's an acceptable opinion to think. And uh, and even now we have uh, people both in and out of government thinking that people ought to be punished for daring to think differently. This, after all, are the people who used to be leftists or who were leftists and used to talk uh, uh, glowingly about doing your own thing and, uh, being your own person and forging your own course in life. And now 
they have flipped in a heartbeat to tell you what to do. And there's only one way to think about everything their way. So I love analyzing that. As a matter of fact, I even wrote uh, a whole subject heading called anatomy of the authoritarian attitude, anatomy of the authoritarian attitude. I could probably write a book about that. Uh, and, and these folks who are so fascinating to watch because while they are robbing you of your liberty, they are virtue signaling and telling you how much they care about you. And it's for your own good that they take away your rights to self-determination in your own life. As a, as a former social worker who went to that very conservative school, Columbia University School of Social Work, that's a story for another time, uh, these people are usually somewhere on the narcissistic, psychotic scale, all right? All you have to do is scratch a little of what the, that virtue signaling veneer that I talked about, and you find that they are among the most corrupt, messed up, lying, vile pieces of shenanigans among us. But that's not what I'm wanting to ask you about today. What about the liberty lovers? What makes them tick? What is it? I mean, I, I just have always been a student of human behavior and the psyche. And that's probably what prompted me to go to social work school and uh, be in the mental health field among other parts of my checkered past. Uh, and what is it? It always interests me when I meet people who are absolute lovers of liberty, who are incensed. I mean, they would no more take a jab, an experimental jab, because the government told them that if they didn't, they would either lose their job or they'd be forced, they would be punished. That offends every bone in their body on principle. Whether they chose to take the jab or not, liberty lovers are offended that their fellow citizens are being forced to do something that is morally repugnant, and that is somebody else is deciding for them what to do with their own body. Now, before you go in the direction of abortion, which is a unique, a very unique topic, and I don't want to go down that road because it's so easy to do. Um, the left is more than willing to make an exception about body autonomy when it comes to abortion, but not about anything else. They are perfectly willing to have the government control every aspect of their life and their medical care, who they get to see as a doctor and who pays for it, which is usually the ones who make the decisions about who to see, who you get to see as a doctor. Now, what about those liberty lovers? What makes them tick? I have one of several working theories that I want to run past you, and we may not even have time to take your call, uh, but I'm going to tell you this, and then if you would like to write me or, you know, call me on the air or write me at Karen at KarenCataline.com. Yes, I'm a Karen. Proud of it. Karen at KarenCataline.com. I don't behave like all the other Karens who are supposed to behave because either their name is Karen or because they're white middle-aged women who complain a lot, uh, which is you know, so preposterous and superficial and stupid. Uh, but, you know, it's what our culture does. So here's one of my theories about liberty lovers, true uh, you can call them patriots, but what you can call them are people who revere, who love liberty, and who do not take it for granted, who are sensitive to the loss of liberty and appreciate how precious it is before they lose it instead of after. Okay, Somewhere in their upbringing, they were in some sort of a battle for control of their own lives, their own bodies, or their own destiny with one of the types of people that I mentioned above, corrupt, narcissistic, controlling, possibly psychotic people who bullied, intimidated them, 
told them what they were supposed to think. And given the world of messy human relationships, there are numerous examples of controlling parents, controlling siblings, uh, people who bully and intimidate others. Unfortunately, it is a, an ailment of human nature to think that you can control another adult. It's bad enough when adults abuse children as Disney and political activists, I just have to say it, are advocating exposing children to sexual material before they can handle it, which I know from experience is on that scale of child abuse. When you expose and corrupt children, you see I'm getting off the topic because I am so aggravated about that, but I will have to leave that aside for a moment. Disney is dead. Disney has betrayed children. Disney has betrayed parents. And I do hope that you stop patronizing Disney. I know the corporations, the list of woke corporations like Woca-Cola uh, are growing, but I, we cannot support and give money to these corporations that want to corrupt and abuse children, rob them of their innocence, indoctrinate them, and, uh, and abuse parents' rights, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. That being said, human relationships, and I, I do make it significant that it is adult and adult. Once you're at the age of consent, we have laws in this country that apply differently to people who have reached the age of consent and are therefore uh, have natural rights, which Katanji uh, Brown jo Jackson, excuse me, Jackson Brown does not believe that human beings have natural rights. As somebody said in uh, my Facebook page, uh, well, then I guess slavery wasn't wrong then, was it? Was it? If people do not have natural rights, why are you complaining about slavery? Good question in my book. And so people who have personal experiences of being either passively manipulated, coerced, bullied, intimidated by know-it-all control freaks, uh, they sometimes, not always, figured out the people who most attempt to do that were more messed up than anyone else. That's why they didn't respect your right to free will, self-determination, and the desire to chart your own destiny. As a result, they learned these people, and I must tell you, I wrote a whole book on my particular experience. Um, it was written in 2012. It's, it's called Fat Lash, Food Police, and the Fear of Thin. Um, it is a memoir of just a portion of my life uh, from childhood till about 36 and I'm considerably older than that now. Uh, and that was my story. That doesn't mean it's everybody's story. It doesn't mean that you, if you're a liberty lover and you're listening to Spouting Off here on WSMN, that you had a control freak in your life, either before you were at the age of consent or after, that didn't res respect your boundaries. But those who did learn sometimes to be more self-sufficient, to welcome personal responsibility and accountability, they learned that making mistakes taught them things and made them better at whatever it was they were trying to be better at. They were more concerned about mastery over whatever that was than feeling good about themselves that they do everything perfect. You know, the kind of parents who need their kids to be perfect all the time. Well, there is no such thing. What is great is when a parent teaches their kid that everybody fails some of the time and it's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to take responsibility and to learn something. It is not an opportunity to claim victimhood, to become a ward of the state dependent on the government, uh, live on the government plantation and decide that your life is somebody else's responsibility. 
and unfortunately, that is not just the back black community that that is being done to historically by communists and socialists in our government. They're trying to do it to all of us. They want us all to live like victims and uh, uh, shun personal responsibility in favor of having our tiniest woes taken care of by the government. But unfortunately, leftists always, always betray the people that they claim to care about most. There's another article. <laughs> anyway, if this sounds like you, write me a letter at Karen at KarenCataline.com. Write me an email. I want to hear what you think about this. And I promise you, uh, I'll keep it confidential. At least I won't use your name, but I might read it on the air. When we come back, we're going to have a tremendous guest for the rest of the whole hour. Stay tuned for that. I'll tell you more when we get back here on Spouting Off. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Gadoline. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. That's right, only $29.98. That's the lowest price ever. I tried every pillow from expensive down pillows that just went flat to fiber fill pillows that rebound every time you move your head. I even tried those memory foam pillows and the curve did not match my neck and it probably won't match yours. That's why I invented my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning. My pillow has a 10 year warranty, it's machine washable and dryable, and I back them with my 60 day money back guarantee. Call or go online now to take advantage of my best offer ever. Use the promo code to get queen size premium my pillows regularly $69.98 for only $29.98. Get king size my pillows for just $5 more. It's the lowest price ever. This is a limited time offer and not available in stores. Don't delay, order now. With our 60 day money back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back to Spouting Off. I'm your happy host, Karen Cataline, sitting in the driver's seat of spouting off. Couple of quick little notes. First of all, I don't know if you're counting, but spouting off has been going on now for quite a while. And if you're counting, and you probably aren't, but I have to because I keep uh, assiduous notes. That's the only way I can prepare for this show is by uh, uh, keeping track of the notes I do for the show. This is show 333. I thought that was just so poetic. 333. For Christians, it's not 666. It's 333. <clears throat> I thought I would share that with you. The other thing is, if you were listening to the MyPillow commercial, uh, here's the number to call and the promo code. All right, the number to call is 1-800-867-0416. That's 1-800-867-0416. And the best code to use to help Right America Media, one of our sponsors, is RAM. R-A-M, Right America Media, R-A-M, like a ram's horn. 
That's one way to think of it. You probably know that our show begins with a chauffeur blow at the very beginning of that Carmen, if you've ever noticed that. It's a ram's horn, and we we play that on Yom Kippur and uh, a chauffeur blow on Yom Kippur and uh, Rosh Hashanah when it isn't Shabbos. And so I just, that's a great way to remember it. So uh, 800-867-0416, promo code RAM. Well, I am delighted to have as an extended guest this hour, and we're just getting started, Sandra Martin, Sandra, excuse me, Sandra Martin Hicks. Uh, she is a filmmaker and she witnessed the conservation farming method wipeout and the food shortages problems in Zimbabwe. Sandra encourages others. We are not going to walk in fear. She is indeed a Christian and we welcome her because Christians and Jews stand together for religious pluralism, religious liberty, and the liberty of the United States of America. In fact, uh, um, preserving the liberty that has allowed all people to flourish in this country. Let's welcome around right now, Sandra Martin Hicks. Welcome to Spouting Off here on WSMN. Well, thanks, Karen. I'm happy to be here because to my lucky number is 33. So, well, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So you were listening to <laughs> show 333. We are going to yep. dive right in on this topic, and then I'm going to sort of backtrack a little and get a little more background as to why uh, this has interested you as much as it is. You are, well, let's let's just uh, kind of give people a background and do it the right way. I'm left-handed. I do everything backwards. You're a filmmaker <laughs> and founder of Heartstone Network, www.heartstonenetwork.com. Tell us about that and what sort of films you have made uh, uh, to serve people as you do. Well, I have been a filmmaker for nearly 40 years, and my specialty, I guess, is true stories. I love to tell true stories, and I love to tell stories of ordinary people living extraordinary lives because they're partnered with an incredible God. So we travel around the world, uh, and about... Ten years ago, God began to speak to me about creating what he and I call the hub. So about a year and a half ago, we finally launched Heartstone Network. And what that is, it's a place where we have inspirational stories, true stories, testimonials, uh, awesome teaching. It's I think of it like a hub so that you can go. It's a one-stop shop to be inspired, to be encouraged, and to learn. Um, and it's it's absolutely free. It's free to the viewer. We are supported by viewer donations uh, at this point. Uh-huh. So I guess, um, and we have a film that um, I would highly recommend. If somebody wants to be encouraged and have your mouth drop, drop open a lot while you're watching the story, we have one called Walk With Me When War Comes to Your Door. And I'm bringing this up because this is what led me to the topic we're going to talk about today. And it's, um, it's actually a special selection at the International Christian Film Festival that's coming up in first week of May in Orlando. And I'm honored to say we've been nominated for Most Inspirational. Wow, so that is quite there. an honor. It's a, um, a three-part. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's a three-part series. Okay. And it's a story of South Sudanese. Uh, there was a, a, an American missionary living in South Sudan, and she took care of 150 children. And when the South Sudan Civil War broke out, they had the rebels on one side and the government literally on both sides of the home, and they were fighting, and they would not let the children out. And, mm. of course, the food got cut off, and people were starving, and it's it's just mm. an edge-of-your-seat kind of story. And this, and this missionary led the kids, and they prayed and fasted and really depended on God. It was very difficult. Um, but they got out, and no one got hurt, no one starved, and I'll just tell you one quick story, just so you Please. see the kind of story it is. The missionary, they all the roads were closed, there was no food coming in, people were starting to starve. She had 30 days of food stored up for these 150 kids, and she was just, God, what are we going to do when this runs out? And her pastor came through and said, we have refugees coming through and they're starving, can you spare any food? 
And she said, yes, I'll give you 10% because God will honor that. She immediately felt God say to her, why don't you give away 90% and you watch what I'll do with 10%. And this woman is such a woman of faith that she didn't even have to think about it. She knew it was God, so she told the kids to come. They loaded up 90% of their food and gave it away, and the kids thought she was out of her mind. But what happened immediately was chickens started laying two and three eggs a day, and I can assure you as a person who raises chickens, that does not happen. Goats had triplets. The crops started growing like crazy. It was the dry season, and everyone was being very careful with their water. Her water well was just gushing. So anyway, it's full of stories like that. My goodness. Well, this comes at an incredibly timely uh, 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 time, not just the topic about which we're going to talk about, because we, uh, uh, we've got a, a, a presidential potted plant claiming to be president who's warning us about food shortages. Um, you know, most presidents try to quell fears uh, this administration, whoever is controlling it, is trying to create fear. So we'll talk about that. But also the uh, having conservatives and Christians, many of whom are on the front lines of attack, of censorship, of demonization uh, by a, a run-amuck culture, uh, we need other entertainment venues. You may have heard just spectacular news that Ben Shapiro is going to invest a hundred million dollars in children's programming because Disney is dead. Oh yes. Uh, and I yes. love that. So I do you, too. yeah, you're doing entertainment, you're doing filmmaking. We need just loads and loads and loads more entertainment mm -hmm. venues humor like JP, who I love, who does, uh, you know, co comedy about politics and he's four square Liberty minded. So first off, thank you for doing this because we need people in the film business. We're yeah, tired we of 99% leftists in the film business. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's talk about the, uh, the warnings and the fear mongering, but you know, it could be true. About well, let me tell you, you mentioned Israel. Israel came out. There was an, there was an article in the paper yesterday on Israel 365 news. And here's the headline. Israel heads Joseph's advice stocks up on wheat for upcoming famine. Uh -huh. So I want to tell you, yep. I'll just give you some facts and then I'll tell you how I got to this point. Please. Um, the UN report came out recently, and they said the world's farms are stretched to a breaking point. And some people won't believe that 2022 is the year when global food crisis will set in. Food shortages are becoming a stark reality. Now, China, let's start about China. <clears throat> China has enough food right now for their billion and a half people. But there is a world food reserve. And the United States Department of Agriculture has also estimated that by the end of the first growing season of 2022, which is coming up in maybe 60 days or less, they're saying that China is hoarding food, and they expect that right now China is hoarding 69% of the world's corn reserve, 60% of the world's rice reserves, and 51% of the world's wheat reserves. Now, I'm not saying that's really going to affect the United States as bad as it's going to people that already have food insecurities. It's your guess as good as mine why they're hoarding food. Do they feel like they're going to need it? Do they know something we don't know? Are they wanting to gouge prices? Who knows what that is? But um, I'll also tell you that fertilizer is an issue. Mm -hmm. The number one importer of fertilizer in the world is the United States of America. The number one and number two exporter of fertilizer in the world is Russia and China. And they had already said they weren't going to export fertilizer before June. Well, then the Russia-Ukraine thing happened, all the sanctions, yada, yada. And so there's going to be a fertilizer issue. So the fertilizer that we have is already up 300%. When I hmm. ask farmers, if you don't have fertilizer, what's your yield going to be? They've told me zero. And they're already struggling because many farmers are already doing two and three jobs just to be able to keep farming their family farms. And yeah. so now they don't know what they're going to do because 
they're probably going to lose money going food. At the very worst, I mean, at the very best, they're going to break even. Well, why do you do all that to break even? So I really don't know where we're headed. I will tell you, my assistant went into, I live in the Houston area, and my assistant went into the nicest, largest grocery store chain in the Houston area two weeks ago and said, yes, I'd like to order a birthday cake for my daughter. What are, what are my options? And they said, I'm sorry, we're not taking cake. We're not taking bakery orders right now because we can't guarantee we're going to have the contents to make the cake. Oh, my. Can you believe that? Uh-huh. Wow. And if you'll Houston. notice, some grocery stores are, are widening the aisles. They're raising uh-huh. the shelves. They're manipulating their display so that it doesn't look so empty. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yes, uh-huh. and of course, with inflation, what there is is uh, prices are going through the roof. Uh, I yes, don't have to tell that you that China this is hoarding deliberate. Is part of the problem. What? There, the, UN, the, the Department of Agriculture is also saying... China hoarding food could be why our prices had risen 30%, and this was several months ago. It's worse now. Well, it's also because of the massive amount of spending and printing money that our mm-hmm. these leftists are doing. But let's stay on the subject of food because there's little that can create civil unrest more. We have to talk mm-hmm. about the really bad stuff, but that before we can talk about what you recommend we do about it. And I know you have some ideas. I know you are doing a lot. So we're going to stay with this topic until the break, and then we're going to hopefully talk about the good news of what okay. people who have, who are prescient, who are preparing, uh, can do about it. So, okay. um, yes, what about that? Uh, what was I well, what saying? About, that the... What? the um, the inflation com- combined with an intentional uh, sc- oh, scaremongering and civil unrest that happens when people are hungry. Little can make people more crazy, behave crazier than when they're hungry or they fear they will not be able to feed their families. Which makes you wonder if part of all of this is why Bill Gates is buying up all these farmland and why they're Pushing so hard for genetically modified food. And, you know, we all know that there's genetically modified vegetables, but are you aware of the genetically modified beef that's going on? Uh, No. Tell us about that. Yeah, so you may have seen pictures of, you know, sometimes you see pictures of deformed-looking animals because of how they're raising them and the stupid experiments they're doing. Well, they have, you know, since 2018, they've been making fake fish, you know, in labs. And they're also doing it to beef. And you can thank the the FDA. The FDA recently ruled that people that are supplying genetically modified beef do not have to put it on the packaging. That means that if we go out and buy beef, you go buy a steak, and you don't know that it's genetically modified. You also don't know what it's going to do to the human body because there's been no testing to say, hmm, what does this Hmm. genetically modified beef do to human beings. We don't know. And I think it's wrong that they don't have to tell us that. I mean, they do. Well, on re- well, we have to take a break in just about 15 seconds. But remember when the left was all over this. I mean, leftist uh, liberal people, they were screaming about GMO food. They were screaming about tap water. They screamed about all this. And where are they now? Nowhere. Uh, We're going to talk about Sandra Martin-Hicks' answers to some of these profoundly uh, distressing questions right after this. You're listening to Spouting Off. I'm honored to have her as my only guest, important subject. Stay tuned. We will be right back here on WSMN. You're listening to Spouting Off. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Gadoline. Are you tired of the same old snacks? Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, 
White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back to a very special edition of Spouting Off. Uh, fascinating. This is one of the reasons that I wanted so badly to have uh, Sandra Martin Hicks with us, and I'm so delighted that she is. Uh, Joe Biden, not very long ago, uh, the presidential potted plant, warned of a global food shortage. And uh, I think the only reason they warn us of things they are doing and contributing to and and wanting to have happen, not saying Biden did it, whoever is uh, the whomevers who direct the Biden administration, so they won't be held accountable. So they can't be held accountable. Well, we tried to warn you. No, they're they're partially, if not fully, responsible for the nightmare that they are creating in America. Uh, That being said, we have, (laughs) we're going to continue with Sandra Martin-Hicks, filmmaker, founder of the Heartstone Network. You can find her and her work and her films. Go there, support her www.heartstonenetwork.com. Thanks for staying with us, Sandra Martin-Hicks. We so appreciate it. So let's take this segment, because we certainly did paint a very dire picture. We know, God forbid, God forbid, tui, tui, tui. In Venezuela, it didn't take long before people were Mm. eating their dogs. Very scary stuff we are dealing with. Our beloved pets... And this is what communist, socialist, Marxists do to the masses when they want to control them. Tell us what you are engaged in and what you recommend that everyday citizens uh, who are awake, not woke, can do about it. Well, we have started something called Victory Gardens for Life. And if I may, I'll just tell you real quickly how that came to be. I was in Uganda working on a film. I was in a refugee camp and I saw starvation. Because the United Nations was providing food for them because, of course, they couldn't work outside their country. And each person was given a cup of rice and a cup of beans, and that was supposed to last for an entire month. So you can just imagine the starvation I saw and the little skinny children, and Mm. I just thought, I I just can hardly stand this. So um, I came home, and my goal was to take a farmer back with me, and we were going to teach people how to grow food over there. And then COVID hit and we couldn't go. And I don't take no for an answer. So I live on eight (laughs) acres. I put in a 10,000 square foot garden on my property with the idea that I would film how to do this and send over these short little three minute videos to them to learn how to do this because they stream videos that they don't have smartphones, but they still stream them on their their little phones. Well, then what started happening in the United States, it started becoming apparent This was more than just for third world countries. This was going to be for everybody. So in World War II, when there was a food shortage issue, the government started promoting for people to grow gardens when they called them victory gardens. So people put in gardens in their front yard, in their backyard, in the neighborhood parks. They joined together. And in 1942, there was about 130-some million people living in America, and there were 23 million victory gardens which accounted for roughly 40% of the produce consumed in our country during that time. So that's what we're suggesting is victory gardens. And in order to do that, I mean, in a way to teach people on our site at heartstonenetwork.com or even heartstone.tv, you can go and you'll find our, our uh, series called Victory Gardens for Life. And in that, I give you like little three and four minute videos like this is how you prepare the soil. This is how you plant. This is how you fertilize. And then there's longer videos like 20 minute videos that my farmer 
teaches. He takes people into our barn and he teaches them um, more of what they need to know to grow the food. And as we go through it, we then show you how to harvest. I'll be making videos on how to freeze, how to dehydrate, how to can, um, so oh. that nothing is wasted. Now, here's the thing. You wow. don't have to have a huge area. I have one video on there where I showed how to put five different plants in like a little 25-gallon uh, pot, which is not really big. You can even put it on your patio. And you mix these things together. Like there's a tomato in there. There's lettuce, cilantro, jalapenos, and a few other things. So anybody can do this. And if you want to go a step further, we mm -hmm. have a church. I'm in the Houston area, as I said, and there's a small church in a small community about an hour from here. They don't even have a grocery store in their little town. The church got a hold of this, and the church put in a big garden and said, anybody wants to volunteer, come, and we'll teach you. They have 300 people show up, and that's including families. A lot of families come with their kids, and they're, they have a, each family has a row, and they're growing food, and then everyone mm. shares in all the produce. And they will not only have enough food for all of the people working in the garden, but they're going to have hundreds of pounds of food to put in their food pantry to serve their community every week. Gosh. This is so important. It's and so it's important organic. because it's Americans. Organic. And there's no what, chemicals. Right. And you can trust the food. But also, you know, it's hard for, and that doesn't mean we shouldn't step up when we're going to step up, people who have had great, great luxury. We as Americans have had great luxury. All we had to do is go to the store, right? I grew up as, in a, as a city kid. And I thought, well, you know, water. What, what else do you need to know about water? I was young. <laughs> Turn on the faucet, right? Um, the yeah. ignorance of people in the city, now we have to play catch up. Um, let me ask you this for people who are already on this um, and they are already starting with their gardens, which of course the government dictators don't want us to do. And that's why we should do that. <laughs> it shouldn't be a threat to anybody. Um, what kinds of food, fruits and vegetables are the biggest bang for your buck if you want nutrition? That, that seems to be, if you really just want to grow stuff that uh, is going to give you the most nutrition that you can get, what are the things that you recommend people start growing? Well... Every, all these different plants give different nutritional value, but I, let me give you some yields, which is kind of interesting. One mm. cherry tomato seed will plant, will grow one cherry tomato plant. One cherry tomato plant has an average yield of 300 cherry tomatoes. Mm. One cucumber seed will yield 15 to 20 cucumbers. One jalapeno pepper seed will yield 50 jalapenos. But now look at this. One carrot seed will yield one carrot, but listen, listen to this. One carrot produces a thousand carrot seeds. Now, let me compare this with GMO food. Genetically modified food, if you plant a genetically modified cherry tomato, mm -hmm. that's going to grow and you will get no seeds that you can reproduce because genetically modified foods, the seeds that come out of those will not reproduce. They're mm. like asexual, benign, whatever. Now, that right there ought to tell you what kind of nutrition is that? How is that good for me? You know, God made things to reproduce. God made a carrot to produce a thousand carrot seeds and a cherry tomato to plant to make 300 cherry tomatoes. You compare that with the GMO, nothing, nada. I mean, uh, that, let me just interject you? that people who want to control the food supply would be much more likely to be pro-GMO foods now, wouldn't they? Yes, like Monsanto. You know, there was, I heard this was even 10 years ago. There was reports of farmers overseas in countries who were actually getting so discouraged because once you started using their products, you had to sign a contract that you would never go back. And there were farmers even committing suicide. They were so distraught mm. over what was happening. So this has been a long time uh, coming on. But the thing about wow. farming is it's not, you know, when you drive down the road, you'll look out and you'll see farmers like that's all wheat. And over here, it's all corn. You don't have to do that at home. 
you know, the way God made uh, nature is you don't just have grass here and you have flowers here and a tree there. Everything grows together. And that's the way we do it. So like on one of our rows, we have tomatoes in the middle of the row. And this is a three-foot row. In the middle is a tomato. And on one side is lettuce. And on the other side, we have cilantro. You, you mix it all together. That way, the row is always growing something. The row is always producing. And you're continually harvesting and replanting instead of like you grow it you pick it okay now i gotta wait 75 more days before i can do anything on this row you see that way it's always going that's the economics of it wow and And not only that but you got you got a guacamole salad growing there in your yard too (laughs) and and i have to tell you you know besides the financial blessings besides the uh, organic and no chemicals i have to tell you i've been doing this for over 20 years And it never gets old when I plant something and I go out and I see that little green shoot stick up out of the dirt. You get giddy. Uh You get excited. And we have classes here because not only am I filming this, but I have a class uh, every Wednesday night where people in the area come. It's a 14-week class where we teach them how to do this. And, And when they start harvesting, things start coming in. You can hear these grown people out there picking. They're squealing and they're jumping and they're shouting and cheering because oh, they're great. so excited because they had a part in growing food. Sandra, it's- you got to take your your act on the road because my husband and I moved from Colorado <laughs> to Texas, but we're quite a oh, bit further south of you. And uh, you, you need to come and speak to a couple churches. I'll have to call you off the air. I know of a church, even in the though, valley? Uh, well, I'll tell you after uh, off okay. the air. Um, and, you know, I already said that I uh, I'm a nice Jewish girl who isn't so so nice. But there's a wonderful <laughs> church that would love uh, many churches in the area where we are that would simply love to have someone like you either come in person or do a, a Zoom meeting. Um, tell everybody a little more, give us a little more what our appetite, that's a pun, about this 25-gallon uh, uh, pot that you can grow stuff in for people who have small either apartments or small land. They don't have a lot of land. And you said you mix all this together in a 25-gallon pot? Uh, yes. I'm going to go here. I'm on my site now at heartstonenetwork.com. And when you go, you'll see the picture that says Victory Gardens for Life. Okay, where do we find that? Because I'm at Heartstone right now, heartstonenetwork.com. Do you see see the picture that says Victory Gardens for Life on that first row? Uh, I don't, but I will. I'll find it. Uh, It's right there. It's called Victory Gardens for Life. I see the movie. The movie, When War Comes to Your Door, okay, is what's on down. the front page. And scroll you down. It says new and popular. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody, scroll with me. <laughs> uh, new and uh, I can't find it right here. Oh, there it is. There it is, Victory Gardens for Life. Yes. Very good. Now cl- click on that. Okay. And, and, and you see it opens up and you see all those videos? Yes. How There's one in that? particular. There's two. That says the first one is um, uh, how to establish a garden. Now, do you see that uh, picture? For those that can't see it, but there's a blonde woman yes. holding a, some lettuce. I yes. want to tell you that yes. that is one. That's one head of lettuce. In the grocery oh. store, that would be about five heads of lettuce. That is one head of lettuce out of our garden. My if you watch that goodness. video. It, it's an overview of the space, oh. how to find a space, what to do. And then if you scroll down, there's a video called Planting a Garden in Small Spaces. Yes, I That's see it that right there. What Fred does there is he shows you how to mix the soil. You can buy soil in a bag, but he shows you how making it up yourself is so much more potent. And My. then he, he actually plants five or six things in that pot. And it's, a, it's, it's not a big pot. You know what we love? What I love so much is, yeah, we rant, we rave, and we complain, for, and rightfully so, about what is happening to our country. But I so love when we can have guests who give people something to do about it. Give some people, people, 
the ability for mastery and people know in their heart and their soul and their gut that this is the right thing to do for everyone to be able to be more self-sufficient. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to myself now because again, as a city kid, I wouldn't think of, I just was never a gardener or a farmer or a planter. My husband, God love him is, but, uh, you know, I'm going to have to start participating. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you know what? I never cared for uh, yard work, like growing flowers and stuff like that. That wasn't my thing. But mm. when we started growing food, um, it's it's just really exciting. And you can go in the catalogs, you know, and you can pick out the seeds you want, or you can go down to the local greenhouse and buy plants to transplant. And And on our site, there's videos on what you should put directly in the ground, what you should transplant how you transplant, how you fertilize, um, that's all on there. And like I said, we're going to take you all the way through canning and freezing and all of it. Now, you're not going to see the whole class on there now because I'm doing it in real time. Like like tomorrow, right. I think, is our 10th class. It's a 14-week class. Wow. And we are down south, so we're ahead of everybody else. Like if you live in um, Colorado or Kansas or whatever, you're not too late because you're just coming into the planting season. This is because, you know, we're so far south, we're ahead of everybody else. Boy, I love that. And there's a longer growing season in Texas. You know, Sandra, what I have a question. I have totally a layman's question. Uh, uh-huh. What, what does it mean? Uh, um, gosh, uh, uh, seeds, the certain kind of seed, that continues to replenish itself. What's that called? Um, oh, well, that's gosh. the non. The, you talk about the non-GMO. Not not GMO, but seeds that that you know, like the difference between perennials and annuals. Oh. And they're always more expensive. They're called. Oh, there's a word for it. It's like when you leave oh, something um, to your. Yeah. To your, you're talking about. Um, um, <laughs> yes, oh. that's it. I know. Heirloom. Isn't heirloom. that funny? Heirloom. Heirloom. Thank you. Yes. What are yes. heirloom seeds? Why are they so good? And should we buy those? Um, you don't have to. I like to buy them too, but you don't have to. Heirloom are these seeds that have been passed down. Like I said, like if you had a, um, a cherry tomato and you saved the seeds out of that and then you planted another you planted them and then you save those seeds. That's, that's the heirloom seeds. It's got nothing in it. It's totally natural. And, um, you know, one that's been passed down, so to speak. So then really there's no difference between non GMO seeds, which are heirloom because you can take, like, I love, I have a thing for giant sunflowers, mammoth sunflowers. It's one of the few, you know, flowers that, you know, it's not the sunflower seeds I love so much. It's the flowers. And they just drop seeds all the time. And you plant them once, you're going to get them the following year again and again and again because the birds take them and they move them everywhere. And then you have sunflowers. Um, yeah. So that's what that means, right? That they have sterilized <laughs> seeds because after all, these folks just can't leave well enough alone. And so those are heirloom seeds. Unbelievably, our time is is over. What oh, well, a already. wonderful God! It just went so fast. I I well, just uh, am grateful to you for what you're doing. And uh, well, thank you. tell everybody one more time how they can find you, yes. follow you, and learn. Come from to Heartstone you. Heartstone TV and look for Victory Gardens. And it is all free. This farmer um, has a heart of gold, and he does all of this uh, in no charge. And our site is no charge at all. It's just um, no charge my donations all. if people feel moved. So, yeah. But give money. Su- TV. Support this for educating people to be more self-sufficient. Thank you, Sandra. Awesome. We so appreciate it. We got to run. I took it to me. the last second. We'll be back on Thursday at 1 p.m. Don't miss it. Karen Cataline will be back on Thursday. <laughs>